0: Hello, hello, hello. We are back with the Dynasty Tailgate podcast, a part of the semi pro fantasy sports podcast network. We are into rookie season officially. So, if you haven't checked out the podcast in the past for Dynasty Tailgate, it is on this feed. The rest of them there is a quarterback, there is running back, and there's wide receiver. I only did about five or six of each position. Um, There's a lot of people to get to, and this is only a 30-minute podcast. So um, I will be going back to especially um, wide receiver and running back because there's a lot more names to talk about. And I just want to give everyone that is on those lists their proper time and due. But we will get to everyone before the draft, so there's no problem there um hopefully i can get them all done before we go to the senior bowl which is in feb the uh end of this month beginning of february this is january by the way um so that is exciting we will be there um all of the quarterbacks except for matt corral obviously because he's injured will be there so that is really exciting i'm really excited to see this new batch of quarterbacks i don't care how many times the analysts throw a bucket of cold water on this batch of quarterbacks. I am excited because a couple of these guys I think will be franchise changing quarterbacks and they're probably just not getting their due yet. Last year was like, you know, I'm going to keep saying this last year was supposed to be a game changing year of quarterbacks. And maybe the best one out of that bunch has been Davis mills. And he was not taken in the first round. Um, so I don't want to put anybody, you know, I don't want to put anybody under that bus, but today's podcast, however, we are going to talk about the tight ends of the 2022 draft class. I've only got, this is only the, we're only doing one podcast for tight ends. So I'm just going to get to all the names that are involved with this year's draft class. We're going to talk about it, talk about who's actually draftable versus who's more of a blocking tight end versus who's going to get taken and maybe not used um, as far as those tight ends go, because, you know, last year was pretty easy. Kyle Pitts was the guy we saw Fryer Muth kind of assumed once he got taken by Pittsburgh that he was going to play a major role, but there was other guys like Trey McKinney that you thought maybe had an outside chance to take over for Jared cook or something like that, Donald Parnum, but Nope, he did not ever really see much of the field. So we're just going to try to sift through these names, try to get to who maybe actually is going to be able to contribute in a fantasy sense next year. Now, given, I just want to preface before we get to tight ends, I'm not saying these are the best tight ends overall because blocking plays a huge part into what a tight end is able should be able to do on the field. Um, There's been some notoriously terrible, bad blocking tight ends that end up being very good fantasy players. And it's kind of just how it's, you know, how it's been going for them. So we're going to try to decipher who maybe is going to be more of a blocking tight end versus more of a receiving tight end. So, we get to that second. And at the end of this podcast, by the way, I did a 12-team rookie mock draft. It's uh, super flex with a tight end premium. No IDP involved with this one. It's just offensive players. Um, and I will kind of share some of the results because there's a couple of interesting little points I wanted to see that were going to happen with this draft. And they kind of happen. So I'm, I'm interested to see there's 12 people involved. So I will... We'll love to share those results at the end of this podcast. However, let's get into tight ends. Let's just start off at the top. You know, number one, uh, there is no Kyle Pitts in this draft. I I said that earlier. I'll say it again. No Kyle Pitts in this draft. So there's nobody that you're going to be needing to really like no first round guy that you're going to need to try to get involved with because he's a shoe in going to be good tight end. Um, But the number one tight end in this draft is Jalen Wiedermeyer from Texas A&M. He is the – I think he – yeah, he leads all-time touchdowns for a tight end at Texas A&M. Not really an eclectic list of names, but still pretty exciting. Um, This year, for as far as receiving goes, 40 receptions, 515 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, His numbers are a little bit down from last year, but overall not not too terrible. He's an amazing blocking tight end, which is why I think he's going to end up being taken – at the top, I don't think he's the best blocking tight end in this class, but I think he is up there. Um, so a, a team is going to take him to be a starter. That, that is where I want to start out. So if you're looking for a guy that is going to be in line to take over um, as tight end one on whatever team that they get drafted to, I think you got to look to Jalen Wiedermeyer first because I think he's going to get the first crack at actually starting on an NFL team right away. Um, I'm just, you know, this guy, you know, how they say spoiler warning before they say anything, I think I need to just give out a warning of like, you know, it depends on where they land landing spot is required knowledge for knowing exactly what and how people are going to shape out. But I, if, if I had to guess, if I, if I have to try to, you know, Nostradamus, the future here. I think Jalen Wiedermeyer will be taken by a team that's actually looking for a tight end to replace somebody that you know maybe isn't performing. Um, the teams that come to mind: Seattle. I don't think they're overly excited with how Gerald Everett's performed this year. Uh, Cleveland seems to be. I, I think I know they like Harrison Bryant. They signed Austin Hooper to a large contract, but I think he might get cut. He has not done anything near what they've needed him to do. Uh, Green Bay could be looking for one. I'm not sure what Ertz deal looks like for Arizona, but Arizona might be in the market. So tight end could end up being a position that um, is, is very well needed at, at plenty of teams. Um, as you've seen teams that have a good receiving tight end, often their offenses end up working out a little bit better than some of the other ones. I mean, Travis Kelsey's good. Darren Waller, when he was there, George Kittle is the main offense for San Francisco most of the time, but even smaller names, Kasicki, uh down in, in Miami and then you got Dalton Schultz and th- for the Cowboys and then I already mentioned Ertz and then like Goddard for uh the Eagles. So tight end once you find one that can fit what you need that that's kind of important. Um size I'm not there's not really any sizes here that's gonna shock anyone they're all about six three six four. So you know I could mention the height for a lot of these guys but it's not there's not like a really short one. They're all about six four you know, six three, six four, six five in that range. So height's not really an issue here. We're mainly looking for the receiving tight ends. So Jalen Wiedermeyer, I think he's going to get the first crack at the first spot of starting on a on a team um, when he gets drafted. I don't think it's going to be a first-round draft pick, but second round, I could definitely see it happening. So on to the second-best tight end in this class, in my opinion, is Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. So... I've seen a lot of people don't even necessarily, might not even have Isaiah likely as one of their people that are listed. And I think that is a huge mistake. I know he's a small school guy, but he was an integral part to that offense for Coastal Carolina, who had a really good season this year Uh, 59 receptions, 912 yards, and 12 touchdowns. He was a major weapon, not only in the short yard throws, you know, at the goal line when you need, you know, somebody taller down there, but he also. Had plenty of runs that were 40, 30 yard passes out from uh, the quarterback. And he did his job. I, when you see a tight end get 12 touchdowns, it's good. That's a really good number to have. So, in my opinion, Isaiah likely, you know, he might even find himself as a receiving tight end, if, if anything. You know, they always try to make these wide, wide receivers that are really tall and big into tight ends but they're not always usually that good at pass blocking. Well that's see that's the thing with Isaiah likely he's kind of already built for that. So if you wanted to make him uh and put him in positions where he's a receiver, he's gonna find himself, you know, right at home because that's exactly what he's done this entire season. And that leads me into my next one, which is Trey McBride, who's I have his number three. He is from Colorado State. Um, I'll just get right to the stats because that's what we're going for here. 86 receiving, uh, receptions, a thousand yards, only one touchdown. So they really used him to move the ball down the field for Colorado state. I know that again, a lot of people have been down on Trey McBride, the blocking for him, pass blocking and run blocking was an, a bit of an issue, a, a smidge of an issue. And that, that is why I don't have him at number one because those stats are actually pretty good for a tight end and, you know, any receiving tight end that can get over a thousand yards is very impressive. Uh, No matter what school they go to, it could be any, you know, any school that they're they're featuring a tight end. That's pretty impressive to have. So I think this one will, it'll matter more what round he goes in. I think it could be the third or fourth round for sure. Um, But once he gets taken, here's the thing they're going to they're going to utilize his ability to receive that's what he specializes in so you know opportunity is what you're looking for in fantasy football and tight end is a wasteland as far as the position goes Um, after you get past the first four guys kind of a crapshoot so you just have to kind of try to weave through who is going to be able to be a receiving tight end and not necessarily only a blocking tight end. And I think Trey McBride is that guy. So leads me to number four, Jaleel Billingsley for Alabama, 17 receptions, 256 yards and three touchdowns. Now here is the problem with Jaleel Billingsley. And that we're going to have, we're going to have, this is the part of the, the podcast where we go from, these are the guys I'm for sure what they can do. And I, I can see how they're going to fit into an offense to, Now I'm not as positive. So Jaleel Billingsley prospect wise is amazing. He, he, you know, hits every metric that you want. Did we see it on the field necessarily? No. Did he get punished by Nick Saban one game this season? Yes. So I, you know, and we don't know what he was punished for. It could be missing practice, could be being late to practice, something like that. That's how usually Nick Saban doles out his punishment. Um, So I don't know what that was for, but there's just a lot that you you were left to desire to see this season from Jaleel Billingsley. So he's a good run blocker. He's good at catching the ball when they give him the opportunity. We just didn't see it a whole lot. So it's kind of tough for me to 100% put my name on him being a lock when a lot of what we we still need to see a lot from him. Now watch him end up going to a team and being their main tight end and being one of like the top 10 tight ends next season out of nowhere. I don't think it would be out of nowhere. It's just where we see him now versus where he could be later. We're we're right in living in that space where he could be completely nothing, but he also could be really good. And that's what we miss seeing this season. And we were hoping to see more, we went into the season, Jaleel Billingsley, um, I even had this down in my notes, was Jaleel Billingsley was the second-best tight end going into this year. A lot of people thought he was a first-round tight end because everybody projected to him to be maybe the second-best wide receiver on that team. Nobody really saw what Jameson Williams was going to do. That's kind of flipped everything. But we thought he was going to get a lot more work, and he just simply didn't. So moving on, number five is Cade Otten from Washington. We have a similar problem here. Washington was really bad this year. So, Cade Otten kind of didn't get to show everything that he was able to do. So, he had 28 receptions, 250 yards, and one touchdown. Those numbers should have been a lot higher here. like That's what I'm trying to – that's what I'm saying. Washington had a really bizarre year. Um, just Google how Washington's coach uh, got fired because that was bizarre. But there's just – there was a lot left to be desired on the field, but with the amount of turmoil that was going on in the locker room during that uh, season, you know, kind of got taken by the wayside. And so that that's one of the reasons I can't have Kate Otten that high because he's going to test off the charts at the combine. That's for sure going to happen. I I just, I can already see it happening. And a lot of people are going to be like, how did he not perform better as far as receiving went Um, fantastic pass blocker? That's not really an issue. It's more of just there was turmoil in the offense, turmoil in the coaching staff, didn't really get to show everything that he was able to do. And that's why he finds himself number five on my list. Um, number six on my list is Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State. 26 receptions, 309 yards, three TD. So Jeremy Ruckert is probably the best pass blocking tight end in this class, best run blocking tight end in this class. And so that is probably going to be his main use. He can catch and receive out of the backfield. And he is very, I mean, metrics, like I said, metrics are off the charts. He's not, he's going to test. Well, it's just a matter of, we didn't see enough from him to tell me that he's going to be used as a receiving tight end at the next level. And when we're going into a, rookie draft i mean you're probably not even going to draft a tight end a lot of these people are going to be picked off of waivers and putting on a taxi squad and just kind of hoping for the best and of this class i think jeremy ruckert could be a big steal because i think he's going to find his way onto the field sooner than some of these other guys i just don't know in what capacity he's going to be used as a pass catcher you know like that that's kind of what my main worry is with him because i mean he could do it but they haven't shown – he hasn't shown that he can do it. And Ohio State was a pra- very prolific offense this year. He had, they had three of the best wide receivers in college football. So they didn't necessarily need him to step up and do a whole lot. He was just needed to do what he was doing, pass blocking and making sure those wide receivers were able to get their numbers. So I, I would not sleep on him for Ohio State, but I also more – to, more to be seen. We'll see where he ends up going, what team – gets him and see what their plan might be for him might be somebody that you can acquire over the summer for cheap. So I'm not really that worried about that. Um, last one on this list. And a lot of people don't even have him as a viable person. So our viable tight end candidate. So I'm just throwing him out there. His name's Charlie Kohler. He's from Iowa state uh, 62 receptions, 756 yards and six TDs. I've seen him work. He is a very good receiving tight end, really good. Um, He was a very good pass or run blocker as well. Um, As far as him, you know, he's done everything they've asked for him to do at Iowa State. Um, I would say his numbers are a little bit lower than I would. I was expecting them to be this year. I really thought he was going to be a top four tight end, maybe third round, but I think he's going to fall into day three at this point which kind of stinks, but you know, it's just, it's kind of the way I was state season when a lot of those guys, they were really good last year in 2020. And then they got to 2021 and it was kind of, you know, breeze hall kind of shown through what he could do, but Charlie Kohler did not really, you know, 62 receptions, 700 yards. That's nothing to sneeze at. Let me tell you that. But as far as like what we kind of thought he was going to be um, it was kind of a disappointing year. So as far as the tight ends go, those are the seven that I'm looking at hundred percent think they're going to get drafted. Think they're going to have an opportunity to show something on a team. Um, I would say probably Wiedermeyer Billingsley likely and McBride are probably the four that I'm looking at as far as Mike, if you want to sneak them in at the end of your draft, if you have an IDP draft. You're probably only taking Wiedermeyer or Billingsley because I think Billingsley is going to end up somewhere. Um, better than likely or McBride, but I think McBride and likely are going to get a chance to be receivers sooner than Billingsley would. And for that matter, I just think that that, you know, can't sleep on likely to McBride. I think they're draftable in a rookie mock draft. Um, if you have IDP involved, maybe not because there's a lot more IDP options this year, but definitely we You're probably going to take him in the second round of your rookie draft. Billingsley, I you could probably snag him. Um, I've seen him go into the second, which we'll get to this mock draft here in two seconds. But I, I think by the time you know he gets drafted to whatever team, I think you're going to be able to get him for a lot cheaper <clears throat> than you would right now. So that's the tight end primer for this 2022 draft. We will talk about more. We'll talk about these tight ends more as we go over the overall you know, list of where people will be drafted, what the big board looks like, stuff like that. Probably get to more of that in February, but all right, let's transition to this mock draft that I was a part of. It was a 12 team mock draft. There was 12 different people. It was only two rounds. So we've only got, I only got 23 picks to go through because one guy was not able to put in his last pick for some odd reason. So we don't have a 24th, but I can go one through 23 and we will, uh, let you know about that. So it was a 12-team mark draft, no IDP. It was super flex, which if you don't know what super flex draft is, it's two quarterbacks. So puts a little bit of a premium on the quarterback. And it was tight end premium as well, 1.5 points for tight end. Did not seem to affect the value of the tight end in this draft, but it was one of the metrics that was being drafted. So let's start at the top. First overall pick was Kenny Pickett quarterback for Pittsburgh. I was a little surprised at this. I, I think that we are a little past uh super flex drafts that start with quarterback off. If you need a quarterback, if you need it that bad and you have the number one overall pick, I would maybe see if you could trade down. I really would. And this draft is kind of the one I was thinking would be the perfect opportunity to do that because Last year, if you got Trevor Lawrence, you missed out on, you know, Najee Harris, you missed out on, you know, Javante Williams, you missed out on Jamar Chase, you, you missed out on guys that are going to help your team more right away. And although these quarterbacks should land in better spots that should be able to help you out faster, like say Kenny Pickett gets drafted to Pittsburgh, well, that's a suddenly that's a really great opportunity for you to pick up a quarterback that's put into a position to succeed right away. This year scares me. This year makes me – this year, 2021, made me think that maybe we need to start rethinking quarterbacks being that high. So while I appreciate Kenny Pickett going number one in this draft, I would not anticipate that happening a whole lot because the talent behind him is loaded. So number two pick in this draft was Traylon Burks. Number three was Garrett Wilson. So we'll just go – Two. those are my two top wide receivers. You can't go wrong with either one. Both of those, in my opinion, are not can't, can't miss products. It's really just a matter of, A, where they land, of course. i, was, I keep going to keep saying. A matter of where they land. And actually, let's put, let's put that to bed, too, a little bit. Jamar Chase went to Cincinnati, already had Tyler Boyd, already had T. Higgins on the team. Did that matter at all? No. And the man had broke the rookie receiving record in – the same amount of games that Justin Jefferson did to win that amount of game or to have that same record. So landing spot doesn't even matter if you're talented, you're talented and that's just the end of that. So Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, I don't think, I think they're can't miss. They're a little different as far as style goes. Trail Burks is a very strong, tall uh, guy that can burn you with a little bit of speed, but strength is really his game. Garrett Wilson, uh, just an absolute surgical route runner. Guy that can make you know moves, can make catches, can just burn your cornerback to a crisp and leave him in his wake. So those two guys can't miss products. I would think either one of those two guys could be the first round picks of this draft because I think they're going to be immediate impact players next season. So number four in this draft was Matt Corral. I I appreciate what Matt Corral can do. And if you need a quarterback, I understand. Matt Corral just injured himself in the bowl game and is going to need a little bit of rehab. I don't think he'll take part in the combine. That would be a little premature. So we're not hundred percent going to get to be able to see where he or what he can do at the combine, but he's going to get drafted. You know, he's going to get drafted somewhere and it probably will be a team that needs a quarterback. I just, it's a, it's the gamble of all gambles, you know, a lot of, some teams going to put a lot into him but what is that going to mean I don't know as far as your super flex draft goes I get it you need two quarterbacks maybe you're in a desperate spot I think you should go and this is just okay this is just me talking and this is just this season if you need a quarterback really bad in this draft like and you're in your rookie trade the pick for somebody who's already established. I'm not saying you're going to be able to get Kyler Murray or Dak or Herbert or Allen. I'm not saying anything like that. Let's, Let's be real. But I think you could get a lower end starting quarterback that's going to actually be able to get you some points next season. And you can get them a lot cheaper than you're going to be spending the number one or number four overall pick in your rookie draft for them. And you might not even get, you might not even get them, like you might not even get the points that you would need to make that make sense, you know? So in my personal opinion, if you need a quarterback this year, I would trade trade the number one overall pick away and get somebody that at least, I don't even know, like the like Kirk Cousins, like something like that. You could probably get Kirk Cousins back for first round, and he's going to be a lot better next year than Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral. I would bank any amount of money on that. So I get it. This is a mock draft. It's got to happen this way. I just think you can get a quarterback later in this draft and it would be the smarter pick. So I need to start moving a little faster here. Five and six were Isaiah Spiller and Drake London. First running back off the board goes number five. I I can't hate that. That's actually perfect. It's a perfect spot for Isaiah Spiller. He's going to be an immediate impact running back. I'm afraid he's going to get put into a split backfield and that would stink. He could be an overall three down back. I think he's going to be used a little bit more like Nick Chubb is for Cleveland, where he's kind of the pounder that gets between the 20s, and then they're going to kind of get you know a little funky when it gets down around the end zone. We'll see. I don't know. But if I had to suspect, I'm betting that's going to happen. But he could be a three down back, and if somebody trusted him with that, that's amazing. I would love that. Number six is Drake London, best receiver in this class, in my opinion. What could be the best receiver in this class? Uh, he plays a lot like Kenny Galladay. So I think he's going to mean immediately impacted or even em- immediately impact wherever he goes. That includes like that includes anywhere. I don't I don't even know why I'm trying to make up a team. Like I wish he would go to like the saints or Cleveland or somewhere where he can be featured. But if he doesn't, he's also going to make an impact with whatever, ever team drafts him, Philly, something like that would be really cool. Um, Seven, eight, nine was Jamison Williams, Brees Hall, and Kenneth Walker. So our other two running backs go off the board. This is about where I would see them coming. I think Brees Hall, I think you're getting a huge steal for him at eight. I think he could be a three down back right away. Kenneth Walker, I'm a little afraid of his receiving prowess. I'm afraid that he's going to be the runner and they're going to match him up with a receiving back, but we'll see. Brees Hall, I don't have those same problems with. He's been compared to a bowling ball version of Le'Veon Bell. Don't hate it. Could see it. And then seven was Jamison Williams. Um, he's had this one really amazing year at Alabama, and Alabama wide receivers have been showing up and showing out for, I don't know, t- 10 years now, a decade. <laughs> it seems like every year there's another one. So he could just be the next in the long line of that. But there's also an opportunity for him maybe to, you know, Just Alabama system fit him really well, and he might struggle. But at seven, that's a good pick. Um, After that, 10, 11, 12, the end of our first round was Malik Willis, Sam Howell, and Chris Olave. This is probably where I would start thinking about quarterbacks around this range. Malik Willis, I would love to see where he ends up going. His uh, legs are really important to him. Arm, it's a little hit or miss. He's going to need some work. I don't know if he's going to start right away, but we'll see. Uh, Sam Howell, I think there's a similar issue to Malik Willis, where his legs are really important to him. His passing, so so. I would love to see, love to see where he ends up going. Um, but I, much like Willis, I think he's going to end up sitting behind somebody maybe for a year and then he'll get the chance. You know, I think one of these teams, it's going to be. I think there's going to be a couple of Trey Lance's in this draft. Let's put it that way. Um, and then the last pick of the first round was Chris Olave. I get it. Um, he's got good metrics. I just, I think there's other wide receivers that deserve to be higher than him, but at 12, I get it. He's probably going to go somewhere where he can be the second best wide receiver on the team. And that's probably about right for Chris Olave. So if you put him beside like a, you know, Devante Adams or something like that, he'll be fine. All right. Starting out the second round, David Bell, Zach Charbonnet and Wandale Robinson. So David Bell, I like a lot at 13. I think he's going to be an important point to uh a, per, a important part of an offense this coming off up this upcoming season. And I am tripping over my own words. Uh he can make a lot of receptions. He's a good really possession receiver. Can hit the long ball too when he gets it thrown his way. I think that's a strong choice. And especially if you match Kenny Pickett with David Bell, I can't hate that draft. That's good. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, the running back for UCLA. He is the last of the potential three down running backs. You get Traylon Burks and Zach Charbonnet. You had a good draft. Let's not overthink it. And then Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. I've begun to like him a lot more than I did in the middle of the season. He can make a lot of good catches, but if you get Wandale Robinson and Garrett Wilson, your receiving core is going to be set for a couple of years, I would think. Uh, 16, 17, 18 was Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, and Brian Robinson. Jahan Dotson will be really good um, I'm kind of interested to see how the team that drafts him uses him because he's short and he's a good possession receiver. So for PPR, he might be able to give you a lot of points. Not sure how that's going to mean. And overall, I'm not projecting another Amon St. Brown, but something similar to that, I'm sure, but he's a little shorter than Amon Ross, So we'll see uh, George Pickens ca- crap crapshoot. Don't know because he has not played much since he's come back from injury for Georgia. And, He's looked good blocking for people running. That's been really good. Um, Brian Robinson for Alabama is going to end up being a steal of this draft. I can guarantee it because he looks the part of an Alabama running back and he has only gotten better as the season has gone on. Um, It's I don't think it's as Trey Sermon as Trey Sermon was last season, but I think it could be close Uh, to finish out this draft. It was Kyron Williams, Jason Corbin. Desmond Ritter, John Mechie, and Jaleel Billingsley. Kyron Williams, I think, could be Austin Eckler, given the right chance. Sean Corbin and Desmond Ritter, we'll see. Kind of up in the air on those, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, Mechie's going to be coming back from a torn ACL, so that's going to be something to monitor. He's not going to be able to test at all at the combine, and we'll see what he can do when he's able to come back. And then finally, Jaleel Billingsley is second-best tight end in this class it's metrically good for Alabama, but we'll have to see what he's able to do when he's able to come back. And that was the end of the draft. I think there your opportunities to get players are going to be very good. Um, if you factor IDP into this, I think the, the IDP is really going to start creeping into the first round. Cause I think a lot of these players you're going to be able to get later quarterbacks. I'm telling you first, Five picks, trade your pick, get a quarterback that's already established. Let somebody fall in love with the offensive talent that is is available in those first five picks and you go get you a quarterback that's going to be pretty good next season because you're going to be able to trade one of those first five picks guaranteed for an impact quarterback right now. Jalen Hurts, you probably even trade one of them for Jalen Hurts if you wanted to. I would not put that out of the realm of possibilities. Probably have to package it a little bit to make it pretty for the Jalen Hurts manager, but it is possible. So that's all I got for you this week. We will be doing more rookie mock drafts as we get closer. Got to have, a you know, as the information keeps pouring in, the rookie mock drafts will keep flowing. So this is at Ombre Vendor on Twitter. Come shout out. I am on Twitter every day. I will talk to you. We can discuss whatever. doesn't matter cuss me out i don't care i'll talk to you though i would love to so for at semi pro fantasy on twitter as well go follow them at offensive points that is the fantasy football podcast that i'm mainly on with joe and josh and i would love to see you listen to that as well got a lot of off-season content coming up so that'll be exciting this podcast is just heating up we were just getting started because there's a lot to do before now in the may draft so I cannot wait to talk to you next week. Not really positive what I'm going to talk about next week, but we will see when we get to it. Probably be running backs because I got a lot more to say about the ones that I have not talked about yet. So, at Vendor on Twitter. It's good talking to you. Peace out.